Hello and welcome back to the Azeem Digital Asks All Round Digital Marketing Podcast. Really excited for this episode and I'm really excited to bring you my guest today, the awesome Jess Peace. We're talking all about job satisfaction within the marketing industry. Before I quickly bring Jess into the episode, just a reminder, the boring stuff, please like, rate, share and subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend to go and tell their next door neighbour and their dog about how good this episode and this podcast is. Um, but most importantly, you can now get us on video, as I've mentioned previously, on YouTube and also on Spotify video as well. So please come, if not only, just to watch Jess's awesome answers. Right, enough about me, Jess. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How is it going? I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's nearly the weekend. So Oh, you're gonna say what date was and give away the recording. Yeah, no, this not. is the thirty first of May. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, let's just dive straight in to the sort of meat and bones of the episode. And I think it'd be a good place to start, uh, for those people who shamefully don't know you, who you are, what you do, for you to give a little bit of an intro to yourself. Yeah, sure. So my name's Jess Peace and I am the content team lead at Neomam. Um, we're a creative content agency. Um, I've been in the industry now for around eight years or so working across SEO, content and PR. Um, and I obviously wanted to chat to you, Azim, because I haven't had the chance yet. <laughs> I'll, pay, I'll pay you later. That's a, a brilliant uh, answer. Thank you very much. So we're talking all about job satisfaction, especially within the marketing industry. I think the best place to start would be how would you define job satisfaction? Cool. So I think this varies depending on the person because we're all sort of motivated by different things. You know, some friends of mine um, are really motivated by things like titles, some money, some learning and progression, things like that. Um, but for me, I think job satisfaction basically comes down to, you know, we spend a lot of time at work. We spend, I think I saw a stat and it was like 90,000 hours at work. And if you say, you know, you spend 30 to 40 hours at work a week, that is a hell of a long time to be spending somewhere other than with your friends, family, partner, dog, whoever. Um, you want to make sure that what you're doing is something that you're going to enjoy, whether that's the kind of job, the, the people that you're around, you know, what it is that you're doing. You get to sort of come away from that and feel some kind of satisfaction, you know, feel rewarded, feel like you're making a difference or just really, really enjoy sort of what you're doing. So I think for me, it is a mixture of things like, you know, having a good work-life balance. It's working on projects that I genuinely, you know, give a shit about. It's things that, you know, I want to be telling my friends about and somewhere I can sort of just log off at the end of the day and not think about it until tomorrow because, you know, I'm quite aware that life is bigger than the nine to five kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That answer really resonates a lot with me, certainly as someone who tries to put a hard stop on work at certain times of the day. But anyway, the episode is not about me, it's about you. I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to hear about something we spoke about off the recording, which is uh, your views on how you think job satisfaction differs between sort of junior and senior management roles, I should say. Okay, cool. So with this one, I guess, you know, I do, I have my own opinions and it is just my kind of perspective based on things I've experienced myself and things I've seen friends go through. Um, and specifically more so across like digital PR, maybe more than things like content and SEO. But I think for me, the junior management title is a little bit 
I'll call swallow like it's a bit bullshit to me because I find that in many circumstances, and this is not speaking for everybody, so if I'm wrong and it does not apply to you, you know, please feel free to correct me. But I find that it is often a way for companies to get somebody to do a hell of a lot of work and do it for less money and have this feeling that they're progressing where actually they're still quite stagnant and staying where they are. But I kind of want to explain that because I know it could sound quite, um, you know, maybe offensive or a bit on the nose for somebody that is in that position. I think it all comes down to company structure. And if you're working for a company that, you know, actually does care about your progression and they are putting things in place and listening to what you want, then fair play. You know, that title works for you. Like nobody can tell you what works for you better than yourself. But I find that, you know, when you're a senior manager, so I'm talking about heads of leads, directors, you know, senior managers, um, you're sort of expected to have a certain level of responsibility. And with that does come a certain amount of stress, um, things that you should be caring about, you know, how much work can you put in? So I think, you know, the higher are you up, the more you're expected to care about the business. And then I think that the issue that I have with it is that I've seen junior managers, people that are still quite new to the industry, people that have been in it for a couple of years and want to progress, taking on this same level of stress and responsibility and anxiety. And I just don't think it's fair for what is reflected perhaps in their pay and also sort of where they're at. Like if it's not your company, you shouldn't be busting your ass for it as much as some people I've, I know and I've seen do in, in my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and like Jess mentioned, uh, I think it's key. So if you're listening or, or watching, hopefully this, and you disagree or you'd like to add something, do feel free to reach out, tweet us, either of us, uh, and let us know what you think. Um, so yeah, brilliant answer again, Jess. I think we've talked a lot about the sort of positives and certainly at different levels of job satisfaction, but let's flip that on its head. So I'd love to hear and learn from you what impact do you think not having job satisfaction has? Well, I think, like I said, we spend a lot of the time at work and, you know, I'd love to be one of those people that completely, without fail every time, finishes work and leaves the problem at work. And then, you know, it goes on and has a really nice day and it's unaffected. But for a lot of people, that's really not the case. Um, and I think if you're working somewhere where you're sort of uncomfortable with maybe the culture, maybe the hours, maybe the progression side of things, maybe you just don't love what you're doing. And I know a lot of people, you know, can't say that they do love their job and some people can and that's great for them. But for a lot of people, you know, work is work. It's not necessarily a lifestyle. Um, I think if you're somewhere that you don't enjoy spending your time, if you're not getting any kind of reward from it, if you're not enjoying what you're working on, you know, perhaps there's a colleague that you don't like working with or a project that's causing you more stress than it should do. If you're spending your Sunday thinking, I don't want to go into work tomorrow, like I'd rather be ill or I'd rather something come up. I'd rather there be like, you know, be... do you remember when you used to have like snow days at school? If you'd rather have that for work, then you know that you're not in the right place. And I think that can lead to things like, you know, imposter syndrome, low self-esteem, burnout, and then further on to that, things like increased anxiety or bouts of depression, because if you're not enjoying where you are for the highest proportion of the week, because we spend more time at work than we do at home, then it's going to have an effect on your well-being and happiness. Absolutely brilliant. There's something that you mentioned in there, amongst all that gold, of course, was about that feeling on a Sunday. Traditionally, um, called Sunday Scaries. So what are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts on people who like have the the Sunday Scaries, like, you know, dreading going into work the next day? 
I think no matter what job you're in, whether it's this industry, whether it's something like, you know, retail polar opposite, like whatever sort of field of work you're in, if you're spending your Sunday thinking, I can't enjoy this day because I know I've got work tomorrow and it's not worth it. Like in a, in a way that's more so than I wish I had an extra weekend day because we all want more time to rest and play or whatever. Um, I think definitely sounded like a Mars bar advert then. That was so weird. But yeah, you know, advertising. Um, I think if you spend more of your Sunday dreading the day that's coming ahead instead of thinking about the day that you've got still, then you're probably in the wrong role or in the wrong company. And we've all experienced it. We've all had that thought of like, oh, I'd do anything not to go into work tomorrow or, you know, just kind of thinking about a project that you already dread working on or a person that you dread talking to or working with for whatever reason. If you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling, you know, more despair or stressed or even depressed about the thought of going into work, then something needs to change. And I think as much as that is on having a safe space to talk to your employer about how you're feeling, it also comes back to yourself as well. Like if you know that you don't want to go into work tomorrow and it's the same next week, then it's time to change something. Yeah, love that. And I think everybody has been in that situation before. So a lot of what you said there will will resonate for sure. So we've talked, we're flying through this episode, by the way, lots of gold. Um, <laughs> we've talked about um, job satisfaction. We've talked about job satisfaction at, at different levels. We've talked about not having job satisfaction. We've just talked about the Sunday scaries. That's what I mean by gold goal. What impact do you think it has or how do you think teams perform when everybody at every level is motivated and satisfied? I think this is one of those things that seems quite an obvious answer to say, but like if you're enjoying what you're working on and you're enjoying the team that you're with, you know, you've got cool projects, you've got a good work-life balance. If you're working with a company that gets it and has a really healthy culture that resonates with you, then you're going to be doing your best work. Like, I think it's Richard Branson that says something like, you know, if you treat people well enough um, that they progress and they, they have the opportunity to leave, they won't because you've treated them well enough to want to stay. And I think maybe it's not always that easy, but it is always that simple. I think if you're working for a company that has the people at the heart of it, then you should enjoy working where you work. And if something doesn't feel right, maybe you want to, maybe you do want a promotion. Maybe you want to talk about salary. Maybe you want to talk about responsibilities that you just, really don't like a good employer will listen to that and will change it I think obviously the opposite then is true and I have been this person if you're in a place where you're feeling stagnant and you're not feeling valued or you feel like you should be progressing more or there's things that maybe you're doing that maybe you're doing more than somebody that's above you or, or whatever and you're just feeling like the company doesn't get it and you're feeling a bit you know like why am I not being sort of rewarded for this or why am I not getting some kind of recognition then it does have an effect on the team around you as well it can make you hard to work with and I know because I've been that person I think if you're unhappy at work for a long period of time it starts to show um so yeah I think obviously if you're enjoying doing what you're doing you'll create your best work and if you're not then you won't it's literally that simple to me I think no brilliant couldn't agree more with you and I think a lot of the value that I and certainly the listeners or viewers when they hear or watch this will get from your answers is that a lot of it is underpinned by your own personal experience as well. And I think that's more relatable. Certainly if we put our marketer hats back on people, 
buy from people, don't they? If this was just a load of sort of textbook phrases and quotes, personally speaking, I wouldn't get any any value from it at all. And speaking of getting a value, I think that brings nicely onto the next question. So I imagine uh, that there will be somebody or more than one person who is listening or watching this episode who's trying to find that job satisfaction and they might not be getting that. So what advice would you have for anybody who basically is listening or watching this and is trying to get that satisfaction within their jobs? I think, I think it's tough because I understand that, you know, for a lot of people, it is about going to work and, you know, paying your bills. It's about having a place to, you know, do your time, clock off, enjoy the rest of your life kind of thing. Um, and then I think in certain areas, especially in this industry, if it's something that you're really passionate about, if it's maybe something that is a craft, for example, it can be hard to kind of split working on that for, for work and working on that for yourself. Um, so I think there's an element of job satisfaction which comes from maybe, maybe acknowledging that, the job might not tick all the boxes. It might not have every single thing that you want. And that is okay. If it does at least most of them, then fine. Because there's a lot of things that you can do outside of work for yourself that are still going to be pretty great. You know, you can do freelance work. If you, you know, if you're an artist, you can draw. If you're a writer like myself, you can do that in your spare time. But I think the things for you that are deal breakers, the things that align with your morals, the things that you want from work, if they're not being met, by an employer and you don't feel you have a safe space to talk about it because in most cases people that are unhappy at work are already talking to like fellow team members before they speak to somebody like that they like report to before they speak to like a CEO level it's already been talked about and I think if people are unhappy it kind of catches on you know and people get this vibe and it can be quite unpleasant for everybody involved um so I think if you're in a place where you know that you're not happy at work if you've got these like Sunday sad Sunday scaries if you're constantly thinking you know why am I not progressing properly or why am I paid x amount when somebody else has paid this amount or you know maybe you just don't fit with the culture and it's not working for you anymore if you're in that place and you feel it for a prolonged period of time and it's not just you know I'd rather be at home because we all get that I'm sure we all would rather do something else um then it's time to talk about it and the key would be to have you know a safe place to talk about that and and I said before an employer that cares will listen and will want to change it but if they don't then it's time to leave I think you know there are some things that you sort of have to admit might not be perfect like it might take some time um but ultimately we spend a lot of time at work and if it's not right for you then there are other jobs people are always hiring um and it's better to go somewhere where you'll be valued than feel the way that you feel if you're unsatisfied yeah absolutely uh another brilliant answer thank you very much uh as we are rapidly approaching the end of this episode I'm going to put you on the spot a couple of times uh, because I can. <laughs> so you mentioned there in your in your last answer, you mentioned that you know if people don't have that satisfaction, it's already being talked about. My question to you is: Let's say there's somebody in your team, for example, that you're that they directly report into you. They're unhappy for whatever reason in their job. You're noticing, for example, that this person, he, she, or they may not be their usual self, but they haven't actually said whether it's to you or to anybody else. They've just bottled it up and they've kept that job satisfaction or lack of it quiet. As a manager, how would you approach that situation? I think, 
Um, it is a tricky one because I think some people naturally are more vigilant and more, you know, aware of other people's feelings than others. So I'm quite fortunate. I'm a bit of an empath. So I pick up on things quite easy. First of all, I'd like to think that anybody working with me could feel like they could speak about anything. Um, and I, I believe like at Neoman, we have that culture where it is okay to do so. Um, whatever level you're at, it doesn't have to be like, a, we don't have managers per se, but like a leader level to, you know, somebody that is more or less senior or whatever. I think if I noticed that somebody was um, a bit out of sorts, maybe um, they were working a bit slower. Maybe I noticed they were staying online for a lot longer, which to me would probably suggest they're not getting their work done within the time. Maybe they're a bit burnt out. Maybe they're a bit tired. Maybe they're struggling sleeping or whatever that might be. Picking up on changes in behavior, you know, it might be completely normal. Somebody might just be having an off day, but having that chance to be able to just say, like, how are you finding things? Is there anything you want to talk about? What's great? What's not so great? And knowing that people can say that without judgment and say it to somebody that just wants to help and figure it out and make it better, I think is a big thing. So for me, it's always trying to talk. And if somebody says, yeah, they're okay, and this behavior keeps going, ask again. You know, you can't force somebody to speak, but you can always offer a place where they can if they want to. Um, and then I think from that, if it was something that I'd noticed for a, a longer period of time, obviously I'd flag that to our CEO. She's super great. Um, and hopefully, yeah, they'd feel safe enough to be able to to talk about that. Um, but depending what they're going through, it might be that there's too many projects on. Okay, we can move some deadlines. We can reassign some projects. If it might be that they're going through something personal, okay, take some time off. Um, I think at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, we all do a job um, and it is a bit of like a transaction thing. You know, you work for us, but also you're providing a service. So it's it's still important to remember that we're all people. And I think that's the key thing. I absolutely love that. So that's a question that I've not prepared you for. And one thing that really stands out for me in, in what you've just said, there and you might not have even noticed it yourself because this is probably naturally how you are in your answer just then you said we way more than you said i which gives me and everybody else listening watching this indication of like how you are and how much of a of a team player you are rather than a sort of self-driven individual so i'm not wearing a hat but hats off oh, well, to you that's, uh, you. <laughs> that's brilliant um right one more on the spot question i'm only going to give you 30 seconds to answer it and then yeah, genuinely going to put you on the spot. Earlier in the episode, you mentioned three things. I think you mentioned culture, pay, and titles. So let's put culture aside for a second because I don't think that's something you can just change overnight. Let's say you, Jess, you are unhappy in a job, right? You've given your notice in. Somebody uh, says to you, right, Jess, before you go, uh, we'll give you a better title and we'll give you 10K extra or 20K extra. What would you do? I'd still leave. Um, I think, you know, I've been lucky enough to work at some really great agencies. I've also been in some roles where I've been less than happy for various things. And speaking to people like friends in the industry and, and just people on Twitter in general, the three main reasons that people are unhappy at work, as we said, are culture, um, progression and salary. And I think, and you know, more than any one of those things not being right can be enough to make somebody unhappy at work. But if I'm at a point where I'm handing in my notice in. It's probably because I've already tried to speak to somebody about it. I've already changed what I think I can change. And, you know, it's not on one person to save a company. It's not on one person to change it for everybody else. It needs to be a team effort. 
And if I've got to a point where I'm handed in my notice, then something for me fundamentally, morally, is not right for me. It's not serving me. So as much as, you know, counter offers for some people can be great, if the reason that you're leaving is beyond progression and salary, then the culture is not going to change. It's not It's not going to change from that point just because you decide to hand your notice in. If somebody turns around and says, I can give you more money, I can change your title, I'd be asking why they didn't do that before. I think it's as simple as if you're unhappy enough to want to leave, respect yourself and trust your gut and leave anyway. Um, I think there are some kind of variables around that because some people might want to use a counteroffer for leverage at another company, for example. But for me, if I was if I was wanting to leave, then nothing will change my mind because the problem's already happened. Love that. I wouldn't clap up too close to Mike. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Thanks very much for, for sharing. Uh sadly we are at the end of the episode. So I would love before we part ways for you to share. So if some if somebody's listening to this, they want to learn more from you or they want to connect with you, where can people find you? Um so I'm on Twitter as everybody else seems to be. Um and my handle is peace with three Y's on the end, um, because I'm apparently that cool. Um, and LinkedIn is a bit more professional, so that is slash Jessica D. Peace. So I've full named myself there. Um, but I talk a lot about things like content, PR, SEO. Um, I share a lot of countryside pictures. Um, but I'm always happy to chat to people. Um, and I am a people person, so if you've got a problem, I always like have an ear to listen and an opinion as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Jess, thank you so, so much. Uh, before we part ways, I will say this on the recording that, that Jess, somebody I haven't met before, would love to hang out with. She's awesome. She followed the blueprint to a T to get onto this podcast. So she filled out the pitch form. Great topic, as you just heard, and definitely fits the blueprint of people that I want to talk to on this podcast. And I'm really glad that this happened. And also, because I'm completely transparent, we had a recording that just completely uh, fucked up due to technology, which can be shit sometimes, part of my language. And uh, Jess has been really patient and been really brilliant. The bonus is we've got to hang out twice. The added bonus for you listeners is, and viewers, please watch us as well. Uh, that you get this amazing content. So Jess, genuinely, thank you so much. You're an awesome person. And uh, hopefully we can bump into each other at a conference soon. I guess all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening and watching. I think I've dropped enough hints for people to, to watch now. So please do. Uh, and I will catch you on the next episode. Jess, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.